Well, it is a Monday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. That is a Grant Bills that has just hit for the cycle. He was at the Brewers yesterday. He listened to three hours of Aaron Rodgers on a podcast on the drive home. Grant, happy Monday. I just hit for the cycle. Happy Monday, Ben. How are you? Welcome back. You know, I, I'm good. I, Mondays are definitely heightened when you get back from vacation and are kind of thrust back into the swing of things. It's a great swing of things. But, you know, when you get yeah. back from the weekend, you're a little hazy. There's still that uh, sense of being used to doing nothing. That is only heightened by uh, being on vacation in a place where a lot of nothing was done. So now we're right back into it. And I mean, it's just full go. Football season is upon us. It's, it, it is good to be back. I, I am kind of happy that the Packers played last Thursday. So you had the Friday of reaction. And then today we have since digested a lot of what we saw throughout the preseason. And I mean, I'm happy the Brewers won two out of three. But I, I feel like we were given a gift of content with what happened on Friday. So this is a toughie for me. I watch Friday night's game, but a lot of Friday nights I don't because I don't have to talk about it the next day. So like I'll take Friday night off. And then if I miss something crazy, I catch up on it on the next day. And I saw the end of the game because my mom texted me, which is that's probably bad. It's like, Grant, are you watching this game? I'm like, no, I'll put it on. I was following along. And then I watched them melt down in kind of the ninth and the 10th. I'm almost glad that we didn't have to go on air the next day and talk about Friday night's game. I'm glad we got a two day buffer, although I doubt that stopped Rowdy and Evo this morning. I bet they still talked about it as a very fresh wound, I would guess. Yes, it was a topic. We're going to get into it. We're okay. going to get into the entire weekend. Some injury news, some call-up news, where the Brewers stand. Eric Baranchek will join us at 11 o'clock to break down the preseason, break down the final game, as well as everything he saw throughout the period. Uh, that, again, is at 11. A lot of Packers stuff today. Uh, there is some Wisconsin football news that we will hit on, as well as a depth chart. We finally have a depth chart. It's game week, and that feels good. We'll get into all that coming up a little bit later. But to start today, Grant, so the preseason's over. I had that come-to moment over the weekend where I thought the preseason was still four games, where they're all yeah. playing their third game, and they're talking on the broadcast about how this is the last go for all of them. I was like, wait, don't they play again next week? But no, uh, three preseason games. The preseason is over. The Packers went one and two. They now kick it off in Minnesota 13 days until the opener against the Vikings opening lines right now. Packers opening as a one and a half point favorite on the road, despite all of the uh, topics that I'm sure we'll get to with starters not playing in the preseason. The Packers have the fourth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl, second shortest in the NFC. They are minus 190 to win the North. So, I mean, by all accounts, one of the favorites in the NFL obviously the favorite in the North, nothing drastic happened during the preseason. Cause we didn't see any of the starters. There were no, uh, which is a good thing. No major injuries to note, mm-hmm. but I wanted to start by asking the question, what, what did we learn? This isn't last year where I, I mean, love goes out there, then he gets hurt and it's kind of back and forth. But the big story was Rogers and how he was back uh, after everything that happened last off season. It was a smooth preseason this year with a lot of the backups out there. It definitely seemed to go according to plan with no major injuries, and they didn't even need to go put the starters out there. But Grant Bills, what did we learn throughout this three-game preseason stretch? Well, from a 10,000-foot view, I'd just like to say to start, I enjoyed this preseason more than I think I've enjoyed a Packers preseason in a while. 
there was a sense of urgency the last couple of weeks with the Packers, even if the starters aren't playing, right? Because you got to get the wide receivers up to speed. You have two first-round rookies on defense and some new players. So even though none of the starters are playing and the team has great odds to do very good this year, there's a sense of urgency. And I think that helped the vibe among Packers fans and among the team. Whereas last year, a lot of veterans coming back, Rodgers was brought back, kind of a successful offseason. So I thought last year they were kind of fat and happy. And as I talked about last week on my show, I think that contributed to that blowout against the Saints, probably more so than anything that did or didn't happen in the preseason. So I like the vibe of this preseason. What did we learn? Uh, Quay Walker is as advertised. We saw him on Thursday night. It's like, all right, dude's fast. He hits hard. He can tackle. That's what we thought. Um, They're very deep on the defensive line and an inside linebacker for the first time in forever. I learned that. And Jordan Love is getting better. I don't know how quickly he's getting better or how much better he's getting, but he is getting better. So that's what I learned. So that second part is my number one story. And maybe I've been higher on Jordan Love than others, but I've had some trouble, especially online, where I see people starting to debate how Love has looked and especially the comparison between Love and Justin Fields, Love and Kenny Pickett, a lot of the young guys that were out there having success. I think the stat sheet, and obviously if you were watching the games, you know what I'm talking about. The stat sheet is is really misrepresentative of what Love actually did on the field, in my opinion, where even that interception. So he goes 16 for 26 against the Chiefs last Thursday, 148 yards, one pick, no touchdowns. Even that interception, there's what, 16 seconds left in the half. Was it a good throw? No. Was it a good decision? Absolutely not. But it's still a setting where it's the preseason. Go for the, it. He's trying to push it. I, what can you? Yeah. What do you have to lose in that setting? I'm confident to say in a real game, he would not make that throw or attempt it. He might check it down. They have a timeout. But I think from watching Jordan Love for these three games, I think he is proven to be an NFL quarterback, at the least an NFL quarterback. At the most, I might go as far as to say this Packers team could make a wild card with him under center for the entire season. Uh, Part of the context around him this preseason, there was obviously most of uh, the second team on the offensive line, mainly with no Bakhtiari and no Elton Jenkins. Zach Tom looked terrific. Uh, They just, the Packers have a great way of finding gold mines in every draft and developing them all into terrific linemen. So that part was fine, but he's out there with Tyler Goodson and Patrick Rogers. By no means is that a great running game to support you. And yeah, Romeo Dobbs and Amari Rogers and some of the young wide receivers are out there, but he is playing in an offense where in the preseason, you don't show anything on film. So LaFleur is not really scheming that well to get guys open for him. He's playing with a lot of the second team, the third team. This also was the first time I believe since he's been in the NFL that we've seen him start consecutive weeks. Because even when he played in the preseason, he got hurt for a game. And then obviously last year, he played the Chiefs game and then played the Lions game. I I think the continuity throughout this preseason, we saw definitely some rough edges. Uh, The deep ball, the touch wasn't necessarily there on Thursday. There are things he has to refine, but at the base of it, he made plays he pushed the ball down the field. He was confident. I, he, to me, at least, he showed that he can be an NFL quarterback, which I guess going to last year, if Rodgers went down or the COVID thing happened, was not confident Love can win games. This year, if Rodgers goes out for two or three games, I'm confident Love can go head-to-head with almost anybody. I, I think, yes, I agree. And if I was told today that Rodgers was retiring after this season, 
and that we were going to go with Jordan Love next season, I'd be like, okay, sure. Maybe it doesn't go amazing, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to go terribly. And maybe that's a really poor rationalization because I'm a Packers fan and, and I want that to be the case. I think there's an important distinction. And I think that distinction was made clear last week by two guests who were on our network, Rob Reichel, Mike Clemens. Rob Reichel is saying he's getting better. He could start for five or six teams in the NFL. There are general managers that should be intrigued by him. He's progressing. He's doing good things. Moved the ball in the preseason, put together some good drives. He's getting better, right? Mike Clemens on Bill's show on Friday, I thought made a good point. He's getting better. He's progressing. He didn't pop this preseason. He didn't flash. He improved. He took steps. And I'm watching and I'm nodding along going, hmm, yeah, I like this. I like what I'm seeing. But I wasn't jumping off of my couch. It wasn't like Rodgers against the Cowboys in 2008 when he came in to relieve Favre. And you're like, wow, there it is. I see it. Or Mahomes in the preseason. So I, I think it's an important distinction to make. He's getting better. And I would feel okay if he had to step in and replace Rodgers for a few games. And I might even feel okay about the idea of him starting if Rodgers were to retire earlier than we expect. But I don't feel like it's a slam dunk. I don't know that he popped and flashed like maybe some other quarterbacks have done. That, that's not to say he won't in the future, but we haven't seen that yet. I'm with you there. I, I think if you surround him with enough talent, he could do enough. W mm -hmm. What was interesting to me is the games kind of filed a different script in terms of how he was playing, where he comes out against San Francisco, pushing the ball down the field, taking chances, making some really impressive throws. Then you obviously have those picks, and two of them – Definitely, I would say not his fault. Maybe the third is. But anyway, he's confident. He's trying to fit the ball in. I Definitely a big difference from last season. But a lot of that was down the field. He was trying to push the football. He was 13 of 24, 176 yards, two touchdowns, three picks in that game. The second game against the New Orleans Saints, he was throwing a lot of checkdowns. He was, he was just stacking completions and moving the chains. He was 12 of 24 in that contest for 113 and one, he kind of showed, at least to me, that he could do it in different ways where the athleticism's there. He showed some escapability. He showed a better feel overall in the pocket. Uh, and you get that with experience. But that was one of the big differences between this year and last. But then I at least think he also showed that he can he can go out there and push the ball and make big plays if you need it. Uh, is yeah. it consistent? Not necessarily, but he can do it. And then he can also be a little check down love and just move the chains and, and move the ball forward. But in terms of just being an NFL quarter, that was my big takeaway from the preseason. Like I, yeah. I, I have trouble looking at what we saw on the field and thinking much else aside from just focusing on the quarterback position. And like what I wonder is, and, and maybe you can ask, answer this, what else did people want to see? Like what else do people need to see from him to be happy about where he's at, right? Like he's not going to start yeah. this season. In an ideal world, he starts in two or three years, or maybe you trade him and, and get a lot back. I don't know. But I, I wonder what more people wanted to see. Like if he had come out and just lit the world on fire and was unbelievable and you could yeah. say, oh, you know, he might be the next great thing. I don't know if I really wanted that necessarily because Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. But oh, he showed would been, I would have been a mess. It would. But he showed enough <laughs> progression to me and enough confidence and enough talent, enough refinement, definitely, for me to be sure. excited about where he can go. I think he's improved a ton, which is a great sign. Um, I think Mike Clemens, again, I'll reference the same conversation he had with Bill on Friday. He compared to what Dak Prescott did as a rookie in preseason, where he's like, wow. It's not just the numbers, because he threw a, a handful of touchdowns. I don't remember if it was the Dolphins 
uh, or the Saints or some random preseason game. Who even cares? The, the point is, you couldn't ignore him if you wanted because the numbers were so great. And then when you watch the highlights, you're like, wow, that, that guy looks like a legit quarterback. That guy looks like a star. Love didn't do that. Um, it, it's interesting to say that that almost would have been a bad thing because who knows what that would have done to the Packers if Love all of a sudden looks like a superstar and Rodgers is hemming and hawing about retirement, even though he says he won't him and haw about retirement as he him and haws about retirement. I'm not going to become Favre, you know, as he becomes Favre. I, I don't know what that would have done for the Packers. What more could they have done? What more could Jordan Love have done? I don't know. I guess look like a superstar, but is that a numbers thing? Is that an eye test thing? I think he did pretty well with the eye test. I thought of you and watching him the last two times because like, all right, I, I'm seeing it. Even if numbers don't reflect it. It's a good question. What more could he have done? Or what more would we have wanted to do? It's hard to be specific. That's one the people can answer throughout today. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the program. We'll be talking about love. We'll be talking about the preseason throughout today's show. But uh, number one, what did you learn from the team? But number two, if if you are still not thrilled with where love is at, uh, or if you are one of the many Danny Etling riders that think he should maybe be the number two on this team, what more do you need to see from love? What more could love have done uh, without maybe breaching that that fine line of balling out and creating some sort of uh, made up controversy. There won't be controversy because yeah. it's Rogers, but some sort of manufactured controversy. I, in terms of other stuff we learned grant uh, going through a little bit, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, and I've been a little bit wrong on this. Actually, I think we learned against Kansas city that special teams no matter what Rich Bisaccia says or brings or I I don't know, no matter how little media availability he has, the special teams is still a major question. Speaking of media availability, he said to the Packers beat, I don't want to be here. I want to be doing something else. Yep. But didn't he do like a bunch of barstool podcasts? How does that work? You're, you're big into booking guests and bumping elbows with important people that come on Bill's show. How does that work? Explain that to me. Did they pay him a bunch of money? Not that it really matters, but. I'm just curious. I thought that was funny. Money might have been part of it. Usually sure. when those things happen, you have something to promote. Like you have an actor on that has a movie yeah. coming out, so it's mutually beneficial. I don't know. I think the thing he said to the media was half a joke or partially a joke about not yeah. wanting to be there. But yeah, yeah I, I don't blame him. The special teams look so bad on Thursday. Like, what do we think here? Because there were players out there that like a lot of the roster spots will be decided based on special teams like Tyler Goodson and Patrick Rogers running back three likely will come down to which can do more on special teams. But there was such a different assortment of guys out there to see what could work. I don't know what to make of it because history tells you to be scared and to be concerned. And my initial reaction when Versace came in was to actually not be that concerned because of his track yeah. record. I don't know what to make of especially that Kansas city performance, but also throughout the preseason. They're just handing away yardage, you know, punt the ball. It's like, all right, we're going to give you the ball and 15 free yards of field possession. And it's every time possession changes, they're just giving away yards. And then on the flip side, every time they receive a punt or a kickoff, how hard is it to return a kickoff past the 20 yard line? Just if you, if you return 10 kickoffs just by luck, you should be able to get one to or past the 20, right? Yes. This, this team, it's like there's an invisible wall at the 20-yard line. They're allergic to it. I, I don't get it. It can't be that hard. And it's just, it raises the degree of difficulty when you give away 15 yards on every return and you go backwards 
or you give away yardage when you're returning a kick or a punt yourself. And I just, I think about the playoffs. It's hard enough to beat three teams in winner go home scenarios back to back to back. It's especially hard to do it when you're shooting yourself in the foot on special teams. Like you're just raising the degree of difficulty for you. So I, again, I, I watch this team and I think of the playoffs. I'm like, how is this going to kill us? I don't understand how it's still this poor. Yeah. And we'll see, we'll see how many starters actually go play special teams. Because most of those starters were inactive throughout the preseason. I, there's time for it to change. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, not an area of confidence. 877-867-1670. We will hit more on this as we go along today. What did you learn from the Packers this preseason? We're going to hear a little bit from Matt LaFleur, who spoke to the media yesterday. A lot about Jordan Love, which we'll touch on, and a lot about the special teams. And that'll weave back into uh, the overall takeaways from this preseason period. 13 days from the Packers opener against the Minnesota Vikings. Also a lot on the Brewers to come later. Eric Baranchek at 11 a.m. It's a Monday. Uh, it's a dreary Monday here in Madison, but it's a good one. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I am Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. Bill is off today, back tomorrow throughout the week as we get ready for the Packers season. The preseason has concluded. They went one and two, though we're not talking about the results. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to from what we saw on the field. Joining us now to talk more about it, Green Bay Press Gazette. It is Eric Baranchek. Eric, happy Monday. Oh, it is a Monday, isn't it? Holy smokers. It'd be nice if uh, it be really nice come... Uh... Two Mondays from now when there's a big Packer victory, but we'll take today, I guess. We'll deal with it. Right. I at least we get to revel in hopefully a Wisconsin victory against Illinois State on Saturday. Have a have a warm up victory Monday before we really get into yeah. it. Uh, I wanted to ask yeah. you first, we started the show with it. It's been probably the biggest topic of the preseason. What did you see from first Jordan Love on Thursday? And what do you think we learned about him throughout this preseason? Well, you know, thanks for asking, Peyton. Um, I'm glad to be on your show today. Um, I guess when I look at it, it's, you know, it's kind of a progression. The, the sad thing about about the Jordan Love story as it is right now is, you know, the first year there was zero pre- preseason games. You know, it was the COVID year there, and that was, that was difficult. And last year there was the injury in preseason. Um, and people think – well, you got all this time in practice during the season. And how come there's not there's not a whole lot of development time going on there? It's pretty much we're prepping for for the next the next opponent, and uh, so some of the development stuff has to take place in the off season and uh, during preseason. And a couple things that that I really thought was different this year was it seems like the game kind of slowed down to him a little bit. You know, the first. First time we saw uh, Jordan Love last year, I thought, you know, the, the throws weren't confident. They were kind of wobbly. Um, just didn't look very sharp. But by the end of the, by the second quarter, uh, a 
of the Kansas City game. I mean, you saw Bart, the balls are coming out of there on a dart. You saw his footwork as much improved. Being able to hit uh, some of the really the, the throws that appear really easy, uh, like a back in the flat, that's a tough throw. You got to throw across your body, and your, and your footwork's got to be in place to put that ball in the right spot so they can catch it and make a move on the ball instead of having to just throw all their effort to trying to get to the ball because it's off target. So um, it, it's that kind of stuff. It's the it's the smaller things that are starting to to elevate. Um, or come up a little bit. So those are the things that I'm really uh, excited about with Jordan Love. And, you know, um, you got to remember he's a three-year guy at this point and pretty much had like a, you know, one-and-a-half preseason. And so I, I think there's enough there to be be uh, confident about is, you know, at least probably get you through if there's a big injury to uh, Aaron Rodgers or you can get you through some games and you're not going to just mark them all as L's on your chart. Is there something that you wanted to see Jordan Love do that you didn't? Like, what can Jordan Love still show as a backup without getting more playing time, without taking over as the starter? What can he still improve on, and what can he still show you that you're looking for? Well, he's got to be able to uh, – he's got a little bit of a pension to, to throw the ball in, in some spots that probably aren't really sharp. Um, so he's got to clean some of that up. And I think once you get that stuff on tape, and they're watching it, and they're you know they're watching the video of it. They can coach them through that kind of stuff. Um, and the decision making there, and, and you know what, the confidence. You know, early in the game, sometimes you you have the tendency to be a little bit um, conservative. And, and I guess where I would like to see him do there are some there are some opportunities on uh, Thursday night against the Chiefs on third down primarily where he could have made some different throws, um, but just didn't have the confidence to make them. And I, I think that those are some of the things that I'd look for him to improve upon and probably clean up a little bit of his, uh, his footwork stuff. But I think all in all, he's, he's taken some enormous strides in his game. I'm with you. Eric Baranchek joining us, Eric at Eric Baranchek one on Twitter, uh, Green Bay press Gazette. I want to switch over to what we saw from the rookies or a bunch of the young guys that some of whom we'll see out there with the starting group, some of whom we won't. What have you seen uh, both on Thursday and throughout the preseason from the two first round picks, Quay Walker, uh, who showed out a bit, and then also Devontae Wyatt? Let's start with Walker. I thought he, um, boy, his from, from week one to week three of the preseason, you saw – um, the maturity level of a young man who, who really starts to slow down. Like that first game, you got to kind of throw that out the window, I think, a little bit with especially high picks because there's a lot expected on them. Uh, when you're playing linebacker in the NFL versus playing linebacker at, at most collegiate levels, there's a lot more thought process that goes in between every single play, you know, so... These, these teams line up and you're thinking, okay, they're in this formation. I got this play, this play coming at me. Also, they move. Uh, uh, you hear an audible. You, you, the, read, the looks that you're seeing in front of you, I got a lineman with, with a heavy hand uh, and motion my way. Holy cow, I'm, I wasn't expecting. I'm probably going to get this now. So a lot of those things change. And not only that, you have to understand the coverages. So the people go in motion. Okay, now my coverage. What are my rules? I got to be thinking about my rules because they're probably different than they were at Georgia. Okay, so tight end motions away. I got back to the back out of the backfield, or I got a hook curl zone, or 
all those different things come into play. And so you don't always play as fast as you want. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. You think you just line up there, especially on defense, and it's just, you know, pedal to the metal. And it's not that. There's so much mental part, especially at this level, that changes. Uh, and it can change play to play to play. And a couple times within the play uh, before the ball snaps. So there's a lot of thought process there. But what you saw is – you saw his speed take over um, last week, and you saw the, his ability to close on a, uh, on a running back out of the backfield. You saw he did not look uncomfortable uh, dropping into a hook curl zone or hook or to the flat. So I think a lot of those things, um, you know, if you ask him to run with a tight end, I think he can do it. Uh, probably needs to be a little bit more physical at the point of attack. But all in all, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for what this young man has to offer. Um, now the other first round pick, not so much uh, of the, you know, my thought, first thought process was, okay, we're going to see some, you know, one of the things coming out of the college, if you read his, his uh, notes in the draft was that he had a really quick first step, that he was fast off the ball and a decent pass rush and none of those things surfaced. Uh, I thought he was slow off the ball. I did not like his hands. I didn't like his, you know, he seemed to, as the play develops, he seemed to get high and then he gets pushed around. So not indig- not 100 um, percent unexpected for a first for a first year player, but maybe a, a first round draft pick. Not quite sure that he's showing the stuff that uh, uh, would I would give him a first round grade. But again, it's early. Uh, we don't know all of the mental stuff that maybe it's just slowing him down and he's not confident. And not saying he doesn't have the abilities, but the things that you were looking for, especially the first, I mean, who might have been the slowest guy off the ball every game he played uh, versus the guys that he was playing with at, the, at that time. So um, I, I think some of it is, is you know, like, especially you look at the Slayton at number 60, you look at him coming off the ball, who's a, what is he, like a three-year player? Uh, I think he's only got a one-year designation, but I think he's been in the league for three years, and that guy coming off the ball, you see heavy hands. Uh, you know, some of that he just is, looked more more comfortable, more com- more more confident. Where uh, you know, Wyatt was slow off the ball. That first step was was like in molasses, which is what we we're expecting. Yeah, I wasn't very Im- impressed by Wyatt at all. I it's good that obviously he doesn't need to step in and start week one. Are you when you look maybe more long term because uh, this defensive line is quite loaded this year? Are you raising much concern about what you saw, or I guess the lack thereof from Wyatt? Well, you know, again, let's let's look back here. Um, you know, you look at Rashawn Gary. His first year, he did. He looked, you know, nothing like he looked like in college, right? You know, he was able to maybe take on a double team, and he was okay with 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 a rip, but feet looked sloppy and all over the place. And now he's developed into someone that's probably, you know, he's got it. He's got to be mentioned in the top ten for sure as pass rushers and edge players. Um, you know, can Wyatt take that a similar track like that? You know, remains remains to be seen. But that's what you're looking for. Is okay. When is that first step going to come back? Is it is it that he's just so much overwhelmed mentally that you know the first step might be the first, that's one of the first things that suffers. But at some point, uh, what you're looking for him to do is just fire off the ball with reckless abandon and, you know, get in, get his hands inside and, and try and stay low and trust and read. Um, and everybody goes through a process like that. That's, that's a little bit different for everybody. But my guess is, is, is that, uh, you know, there's a lot, he's swimming a little bit and, and some of those things will start to kind of settle down once he gets more comfortable with, with what's going on in front of him. We're talking with Eric Branchek. 
Eric, part of the Packers discourse, I think, for the last 10 years or so on Bill's show and just sports talk and writing at places like Press Gazette, we've been dying for inside linebackers, been dying for depth on the defensive line. And we've been yelling about it as fans for the last 10 years. Now, all of a sudden, I'm looking at this roster. They have a ton of defensive line depth. And they have three or four inside linebackers that I love. And these are two positions that the Packers have neglected or just not valued for years. What makes this team different? Like, what happened? Because you look at this roster. This is a complete 180 from what we're used to. Well, they made a, a concerted effort to get bigger, faster, stronger up front, you know. And I think the, you know, the, you know, Devondre Campbell, you know, he's kind of someone that kind of fell on their laps. I mean, a good job at the scouting department there to get that guy in uh, who was hungry and thirsty for um, for success and, and found his way to stay healthy and make it through the season and look really awesome doing it. Um, and then I think they, you know, the way the D coordinator had, had set up their defense, and, you know, the, the linebacker spot is a pretty premium um uh, position in Joe Barry's defense. So I think they, they've kind of discovered that, you know, should Aaron Rodgers go down, we do have to play a, a young quarterback. We've really got to have weapons on defense. We've got to have a stout, stout defense to help a young quarterback out. And I also believe that, you know, when, when you looked at their running numbers the last several years, especially when they thought they had some pretty decent players on defense, the, the stats didn't prove out that, especially in the run game. Uh, very good against the pass, and, and I think that they'll continue that, that trajectory. Uh, but I think for them to make the next step as a defense, they have to um, they have to be better on first down. They got there's got to be more four, you know second and eights, second and sevens versus uh, what they've seen in the past. And when you're giving up four yards a carry. You know, now you're second and six. That changes the playbook a little bit, and it changes the way that you can play defense because now you got to be on your heels a little bit more, and uh, you got to be ready because at second and six, there's more. There's more. The playbook opens up, and there's more things that you have to think about, and it changes your personnel grouping too. You know, when you're second and eight versus second and, and three, your personnel groupings, you may not be able to get the personnel groupings that you really want in that situation out in the field. So it could be. Uh, uh, for me, I think it was just a concerted effort that, you know what, it's now to, to bolster this area, especially uh, in the core of the defense, because they got the secondary, they they got the edge rushers or edge rusher, uh, and now they, they need to, to, to build up the middle part of that defense. And I think, uh, I think they did a nice job with it so far. We'll see. I want to switch back to the offensive side of the football for a second. Uh, and a guy that uh, maybe had his best game as a pro on Thursday in Amari Rogers, 17 rushing yards, 39 receiving yards, looked the part kind of has been written off all off season with all the additions in the wide receiver room. I said earlier, Eric, I, I see some time Montgomery to his game with where the Packers can line him up. Do you think, have you seen enough from him that maybe he could be a real contributor this season? Oh, for sure. You know, last year was kind of like a JV year for him, right? Or a redshirt year. I, I think there was, um, you know, one of the things they said about him was he was pro ready. You know, he came. From, he's got good bloodlines. He came from a really strong uh, uh, program and, and looked, you know, was kind of a team leader. And then last year just kind of faded away. And that's, you know, again, that can sometimes happen. Everybody talks about, you know, Devontae Adams, but nobody remembers his first and second year and everybody's ready to run him out of town. Um it wasn't until his third and fourth year where he, he developed into a decent receiver. And there's a lot 
that is different in the NFL when you're trying to be a really good receiver. Just being able to run and, th- and catch is, is, is only a small fraction of it. You have to be able to understand coverages. And you have to be able to understand um, play changes. It isn't just the physicality of it. It's, it. it's especially at that position where they're asking him to do a lot, you know, play in that flanker role and be able to do jet sweeps and orbit sweeps and all different kinds of motions and stay in and block and then go off or pass. There's a lot there. Um, but he has the body type that I think that they're looking for in that particular role. And I think they were looking for that person to be able to, again, do the jet sweeps, be able to do end arounds, being able to, you know, and also when he typewriters across to be able to take out the backside outside linebacker who's crashing down the line of scrimmage on a flow away. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that that guy's got to know what to do. And it looks, he looks comfortable in it. And he looks like he's not, like the game isn't too big for him anymore. Now he can let his, his physical attributes take over and be able to uh, do the things that he wants to be able to do. And I think for LeFleur's offense, I mean, I look for uh, their offense to look a little bit more um, like the San Francisco 49ers did last year uh, than the Rams, right? I, I, I don't think it's going to be a big, deep vertical game. I think it's going to be the, the big plays are going to come off play action pass when you got a safety that took a wrong step and now you got a wide receiver running free. Um, those kind of things, I think, is what the offense is going to look like and probably a little bit more different than um, they had in the past. And I think this guy's going to play a decent sized role in it for sure. Something uh, fantasy football players would probably love to know, Eric. Last thing I want to ask you how do you see the ball distribution in this offense going? Is it going to be Alan Lazard and everybody else? Or I think my feeling is that it's going to be a different guy every week as the season goes along. How do you feel about where the ball's going to go in the passing game? Because somebody's got to catch all these passes from Rodgers. Right. And I, I think that's a, that's a really great question. And I would look to the last two seasons um, when, when, when Adams was not on the field, um, the Packers were 7-0. and A lot of people don't really – think about that as much and you know what the in those games the ball like just think of like um arizona last year i think it's going to get spread out across the board you're going to the tight end running backs are going to see probably a heightened um amount of uh, receptions out of the backfield uh, or they're going to go in motion and line up as a wide receiver you saw a little bit of that against kansas city um but they're ba- if you just look at just their basic offense, which the preseason is, I mean, that's their bread and butter. That's their, you know, real thin veneer offense. Uh, that was the balls are going to go where the balls need to go to. And it depends on, on what happens on the, on the defense, who they're going to try and take away. I think for uh, opposing D coordinators, it's going to make it a little bit of a different game because you can't, you can't just put two receivers or two D-backs over, you know, Devontae Adams and play zone on the other side. I mean, that's going to be different. Um, and you're going to have to be um, really sound, I think, both on play side and back side because I think the ball is going to go everywhere. I don't think there's going to be one guy that gets 10 catches or 15 targets every single week. I don't think that's, that's the case. I think, you know, I think you're going to see um, – you know, probably one, at the beginning, probably one of the running backs are going to get 10 targets. You know, I would, Aaron Jones could be the guy in the first half of the season that gets most of the targets. Um, do I think it's all going to be Alan Lazard? No, I, I think your ball is going to get spread around quite a bit more than what we've come accustomed to the last three or four seasons. 
Awesome stuff. Eric, really appreciate the time. Uh, first, enjoy your last free Sunday uh, of the fall, as I'm sure many of us also will. And we'll talk again next Monday. Oh, enjoy it. You'll be sitting around with anticipation, waiting, waiting for another NFL week. I mean, isn't this great? High school's going. Next weekend, we get full onslaught of college football. And then the week after that, football. I mean, it, this is the best time of the year. I don't care about what everybody says about Christmas. This is, this is <laughs> Christmas right here, man. This is awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it, Eric. So, yeah, enjoy your week. Thanks a lot for having me on. There he is, Eric Baranchek, at Eric, B-A-R-A-N-C-Z-Y-K-1 on Twitter, football analyst for the Green Bay Press-Gazette. 877-867-1670. Could take your calls coming up. A lot more to get to today. You mentioned college football. There's a little bit to get to there. Uh, I said I would discuss some injury news in the Wisconsin building. We'll do that next, as well as so much. Packers roster, uh, the Brewers... Haven't touched on them nearly enough today. We'll get to that coming up. A lot more coming up. It's the Bill Michaels Show. He's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.